0: hey what's going on welcome into the sports book here on 760 WJR yes indeed another Monday night thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us uh, my name is Steve Courtney and you must be
1: Jamie Edmonds
0: yes that is correct we're off and running um, got an action-packed show for you tonight lots to cover uh, some oh how rude uh, Blake. <laughs> What, what's going on, lad?
2: I was having a snack. I'm sorry.
0: You help yourself. You've been here for a little bit. Um, had a nice uh, text se- uh, session with you yesterday. Uh, <laughs> we did. Yeah. Uh, Are you
1: talking about the Red Wings?
2: No, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Uh, that, it's been a tough week for me. Ever since uh, Blake uh,
0: pledged his allegiance to the Winged Wheelers, things have gone rather south. They
1: six traded loss- everyone. Six losses <laughs> in a row.
0: Um now we were just uh, going back and forth on the uh Big 10 action yesterday and what was going to happen and we found out and uh, more on that in just a bit but meanwhile uh let's back it up a little bit. Uh before going on you told me lovely Olivia turned 6 months on Saturday. She's
1: 6 months on Saturday. That's a, yes. I see. Yes.
0: Time is just moving.
1: And she's so different from Obviously, six months ago, but she's sitting up in the high chair today. I'm like, who are you?
0: Uh, Is she starting to share her political views?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Which is good. Keeping peace in the house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just mind-blowing how uh, time just moves,
1: man. It really does. Time flies. They say, like, try and savor it because it moves, and it really does.
0: It does. All right. Now, uh, throughout the regular season, uh, these Big Ten teams just pound on one another. And that time has come and gone. And now some refer to this. And let me get your thoughts there, partner. Uh, Some refer to this as one of the better sports times of the year. As you make your way into the conference tournaments leading up to the NCAA, baseball is underway, uh, postseasons for hockey and basketball not far behind, and, might I add, uh, the XFL.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would have to agree. I think the first two days of the NCAA tournament are amazing, and then you lead into what my favorite thing is, which is the NHL playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Uh, we are knocking on the door. And just an aside, I don't know why, but I watched the San Antonio-Houston XFL battle.
1: Oh, man. For
0: about 20 minutes yesterday. 20 minutes! Were you bored?
1: Oh, you are a sports I,
0: I, fan. I, I, I just, I, I, here, here's my logic. You know, to be able to come on this fine radio program and comment on it without actually watching it is wrong. You're so, a
1: journalist.
0: So I forced myself, literally, I forced myself to watch this for 20 minutes. In that 20-minute span, there was probably 10 flags, and it was not good. Not good at all. I'm thinking to myself, self, how is this going to make it? Who is going to take it upon themselves to look at this as true sports entertainment?
1: I I don't know. That's my answer. I don't know because I wasn't watching. So we're we're in agreement. (laughs) I'm in the dark when it comes to them.
0: And ESPN, I get what they're all about. I get it. But you sign off on this.
2: It's to fill airspace, though. And I don't know what the, it's just like what all the, the bowl financials games. are. The bowl games exist. I, I think it's like 80% of the bowl games are owned by ESPN events. So they have something to put on TV throughout the holiday season. Well, all right. And for me to bet on. <laughs> what you do. Which you oblige. Yes. yes.
0: But I would gladly watch the worst bowl game. Start to finish. And I don't know if I will spend another 30 seconds watching the XFL. What about like a mid-major yes. conference yes. tournament yeah. in the first yes. round? Give me East Appalachian Screen Door Repair <laughs> and <laughs> Southern Buffalo whatever. I have Chattanooga and Furman on in here right now. All right. Very good. And that's good watching next to the S- XFL. <laughs> All
2: right. So
0: here's the deal. Uh, we are leading up to the Big Ten tournament. It uh, gets underway Wednesday at the beautiful United Center in Chicago. And as it pertains to your Michigan State Spartans, uh, they are a team going into this tourney with a boatload of confidence. They are the number four seed. And they will open their tournament run 230 on Friday against either fifth seeded at Iowa – 12th-seeded Wisconsin, or 13th-seeded Ohio State. The uh, Buckeyes, by the way, open the tourney against the Badgers on Wednesday. The winner of that game faces the Hawkeyes on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Jamie, the Spartans shut down the regular season at the Breslin Center Saturday afternoon with an 84-78 win uh, over a pretty pesky Ohio State team. By the way, the Spartans have scored more than 80 points in four straight.
1: Yeah, and they're moving the ball better. That's what Tom Izzo said post-game. He thinks, and he said it multiple times this week, they can make a run. And I think that's exciting, especially if he thinks so. Um, and honestly, he was upset that the Minnesota game wasn't rescheduled, but it worked yeah. out in their favor.
0: <laughs> well, to a degree, it did. They they needed four things to happen to uh, maybe be the third seed, maybe even the second. Uh, three of the four took place, yeah. so they are the fourth. Uh, By the way, congratulations to Chris Collins and uh, Boo Booey. How about those Northwestern Wildcats? The number two seed. Highest seed they've ever had in their program history. Did
1: you read if they would have lost, they would have been the nine? Yes. What a swing.
0: It's unbelievable what's going on in this conference.
1: Well, they're all jumbled in the middle. Everybody's 11 and nine, basically.
0: Yeah, let's see. One, two, three, four teams at 11 and nine.
1: Spartans at 11 and eight, so they're ahead of all them.
0: Uh, Because it goes to win percentage, yeah, and uh, that's just the way they did it. Uh, But the Spartans are shooting the ball, winners of five of their last seven. Uh, In that tilt against Ohio State, 54.7% overall, on fire, 60% from beyond the arc, 12 of 20 from three-point range.
1: That's what you need in the postseason, heading in the right direction. They have this double bye to rest and wait for their opponent. Plus, we know he's going to head to his 25th consecutive NCAA tournament which is impressive oh yeah see what they can do make some noise
0: well it's just not one or two dudes capable of dropping the bombs on this Michigan State team Joey Hauser Tyson Walker Malik Hall Jaden Akins starting to find his uh, range I mean it's a fun team to watch although in the uh, Monday morning conversation with Magnum TI Tom Izzo this morning via the Paul W. D. Smith show um, he did um, suggest that he's looking for something a little stronger defensively.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did mention that in the post game. He loves what he's seeing offensively, but defensively, they're going to have to, you know, get better. Well, yeah, and they could face off with Purdue here. So,
0: <laughs> well, and you had Ohio State shooting fifty-one point six percent in the second half, and uh, more times than not, uh, for their uh, longer attempts, they were unguarded, and that does not fly. With uh, Tom Izzo. Uh, meanwhile, Michigan.
2: uh you all right? Have you recovered yet, Blake? Did you see my tweet? I did. And I was you, very upset. You were very forthright. It? I basically said that this team doesn't deserve to make an AAU tournament, wow. let alone the NCAA tournament.
1: Wow, you're going
2: through all the emotions. Yeah, I. So Steve knows my Michigan fandom pretty well. Michigan football. I'm like, I'm very realistic. Michigan basketball, I go full fan because I don't know as much about the sport. And I get very invested. Okay. And upset. Okay.
0: Got well, it. you know what? I certainly hope you felt better after you vented via that tweet. Did you?
2: Yeah, I felt really because, good. Uh, yeah,
0: you spit a little venom.
2: They did cover, so that was helpful.
0: <sighs> <laughs> that took the sting away. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, the basketball Wolverines will be the number eight seed. They will open their tourney run against Ninth-seeded Rutgers at noon on Thursday. Uh, U of M, yes, they did have a shot at the number two seed, but collapsed again in the second half against Indiana. Uh, The Wolverines won their only game against the Scarlet Knights this season, 58-45. That was February 23rd in beautiful Piscataway. Uh, Doug McDaniel led U of M with 16 points in that tilt. The Wolverines will likely need at least a couple of wins to boost their NCAA tournament hopes after losing three straight games in overtime. That's hard to do, including road losses to Illinois on Thursday and Indiana. What was it Um, on uh, the Saturday before the Super Bowl? They should have beaten Indiana in Ann Arbor. And then what was it? Indiana scored the last dozen points in that tilt. Well, Something like the that.
1: whole story with them are these collapses. They were leading by 12 in this final regular season game and still lost.
0: Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable uh, what's going on. Meanwhile, um, the winner of the game between the Wolverines and Scarlet Knights, how about the road ahead, uh, ahead for them? Purdue
1: right. awaits
0: on Friday afternoon.
1: Yeah, uh, and Michigan needs maybe two wins. So,
0: Yeah, there's that.
1: The road's tough.
0: And you're going to have Purdue playing for a little something-something, they're still trying to get number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So uh, that's that. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely love it.
1: It is very exciting. So Wednesday, we know what everybody will be doing.
0: Uh, Yes, indeed. Um, Blake, are you going to start an office pool? What the hell is going on there? I
2: don't think people like me enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you sell yourself very short. I'll throw out an email. How about that? People
1: love a guy who just has it organized, and they can just put money That's true. And
2: you are organized. That's true, too. Anything to not have Dave Rieger do it. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: Am I
1: allowed to join? I work here one hour a week. Of
0: course you are. (laughs) Yes.
1: Okay, I'm in, Blake.
0: Uh, And just to follow up uh, from what we were discussing in our last get together, uh, Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis.
1: I went to Youngstown. Did I tell you that? Did you? Yes. Uh, you have when- stuff thrown at you? Actually, yes. Uh, Wednesday night, my news director said, do you want to go? It's a big story. We thought he was going to break it. So my camera guy, Justin, and I, three and a half hours there, watched the game live at 11, three and a half hours back. Wow. Yes.
0: That's a whirlwind trip.
1: Yes. Well, it could have been a very historic day. It could have been.
0: <laughs> uh Antoine, everybody knows by now the story, uh, needed 26. He ends up with 22. Uh, UD Mercy falls 71-66 to the Penguins. And I wonder what is going to go on. Have you heard anything uh, about the college basketball invitational? Oh, my God. I They may I know. extend an invite. I know. Because
1: um, they don't care if there are sub-500 teams in that tournament.
0: Well, all CBI uh, CBI entrance must pay a fifty thousand dollar fee.
1: I read that's wrong. It's twenty seven five.
0: Okay, twenty seven five. Okay, yeah. that's much better. Well, but can you imagine if that scenario plays out? UD Mercy pays it.
1: Can then you Im- he absolutely breaks it because he only needs course. four points to break it.
2: What if he didn't though?
1: I mean, he can get. <laughs>
0: Oh, He's a in, really
1: good shooter. That's how he got to this point. He'll do it inside
0: probably inside five minutes of that yes. game. Yeah. Um, but as I said last week, and I'm standing by this uh, Antoine and his father, the coach, Mike Davis, I thought handled this whole thing uh, with a great deal of class and decorum.
1: Yeah, there was a little emotional skirmish if you will on the court afterward I think the Youngstown State player said something and then blah 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 that's normal for players then the fans you know there's some garbage being thrown and things like that whatever he had a cooling-off period and then I went and talked to him one-on-one and he was back to being like the nicest kid, saying what a run this was I thank God for getting to this point like he's a really nice kid
0: well and coming off uh, the heat of the battle you know whatever
1: yeah who cares that's what happened
0: uh, all right, folks, uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, around 7.35, as we continue with this edition of the Sportsbook, we're going to talk a little Tiger Baseball with uh, good friend Double D, Dan Dickerson. Uh, in the meantime, we take a break. We come back. Look back at the week that was for your Detroit Red Wings. Leave it here at 760 WJR. All right, my friends, before we uh, talk about the Red Wings, uh, let's talk about the Pistons. Sure. Right. It's part of the deal. Uh, they're in action as we speak. All right. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are in town at LCA. 507 left in the first quarter. The trailblazers are up 15 to 9. Yes, it continues to be a difficult road for the Pistons coming off the 11490 thrashing at the hands of the Cavaliers in Cleveland on Saturday. The uh, Pistons now have lost seven in a row, 10 of their last 11. Um, As I say, they are hosting the Trailblazers right now. Uh, Portland, they're 30-34, and just a half game out of the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. And in case you're wondering, when's it end?
1: 18 more games. (laughs) I just counted. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) From the Great Minds Think Alike file, uh, there you have it. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, which way uh, Tom Gorris goes. You know, does he keep uh, Dwayne Casey around? Um, there's been some thoughts that maybe they just need another voice. But I will say you could have Chuck Daly in his prime on that piston bench, and you know, I don't think it'd matter.
1: No, this is a tough season. We've said it, both of us. We think Dwayne Casey's a great person, a great individual. I think they make a change at the end of the season. You
0: know. Well, we'll see. Um meanwhile, uh the general manager Steve Eisenman, made some changes. It was a week ago tonight, as a matter of fact, they were gonna have the first of two straight in Ottawa against the Senators. It did not go well. Didn't go well at all. Uh lost the first one six two, the follow up six one. And uh Stevie Y said that uh yeah, that played somewhat of a role in his decision to uh, be sellers
1: yeah he also said this is not a Stanley Cup contender and he wasn't gonna just bank on them making the playoffs he's trying to do this the right way and he stressed patience again it's just exhausting though it's so tiring all of us want a team to root for in the playoffs in this town
0: well you know he was an idol and uh, again uh, you know he has A lot of confidence in himself. Why not? Uh, You saw what he's done with Tampa. And uh, there are those in the know that are under the impression that he's doing the same thing here in Detroit. Gone are Jacob Verana, Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, Philip Hronik, and they got rid of Oscar Sundquist as well. Um, So the byproduct of these moves, you're building up your draft capital.
1: He's got like 13 picks in two years. Well, and
0: the argument against that is if you want to become contenders now I would say it's a valid point that you know draft picks in the NHL take a little longer to season perhaps Um, but I'll tell you what he's got an arsenal there's no question
1: yeah and he doesn't have to make 13 picks he could then go to a team that needs more draft capital and say give me one of your you know free agents older veterans to start crafting this team I think they're close and he obviously believes in dylan larkin because that deal finally got done
0: yeah finally and uh, congratulations to uh, all involved Uh, he gets himself uh, an eight-year extension Uh, the average annual value (laughs) rock bottom price of 8.7 million dollars
1: yeah right rock bottom isn't it something good for him waterford boy makes good Hometown team. And
0: he made it clear throughout the process that he wanted to keep wearing that winged wheel. Yes. And Stevie Y must have uh, paid attention because he went to Dylan's house to sign the paperwork.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a cute thing on social media. They signed it on the kitchen table or kitchen island.
0: So the uh, wings, though, coming off a 3-1 loss in Philadelphia on Saturday afternoon, they all of a sudden have lost six in a row. You take a quick look at the wild card scenario. The New York Islanders have the top spot, followed by your Pittsburgh Penguins. The Islanders with 72 points. The Pens with 71. Then you've got Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, and Washington, all with 68 points. And then the Red Wings there with 65. So, yeah, uh, six points off the last playoff spot. There's still plenty of of hockey to go.
1: It could happen. It could. They just got to catch fire. Yeah.
0: Uh, they will host the Blackhawks 730 Wednesday night at LCA The Blackhawks have it's it's just come unhinged uh, they are dead last in the Western Conference and of course they're moving people including their former star Patrick Kane he uh, is now a Ranger.
1: That is so it's so weird to me when these guys I associate with one team move it's weird to see him in different jerseys. It was even weird to see Bertuzzi in black and gold and setting up a Boston goal oh yeah! first game back.
0: But you know what? Both guys, you could easily say, because the Bruins became the quickest team in NHL history to make it to 100 points. And as far as Kane goes, again, the Blackhawks dead last in the Western Conference. They're going from the outhouse to the penthouse. Yeah. Just like that.
1: It's got to be kind of fun.
0: Kind of crazy indeed. Uh All right. We've got some baseball conversation. So much to unpack with the radio voice and good friend, Dan Dickerson we will have that and more as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. All right, the Sportsbook continues here on 760 WJR. Stephen Jamie here at your service. And uh, we are uh, trying to track down the one, the only, Dan Dickerson, the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers. And by golly, Blake, we are good to go. He's always there.
1: I knew he was dependable. That's his middle name. It'd be
0: Triple D. (laughs) Dan Dependable Dickerson. (laughs) Danny boy, how are you?
3: Oh, I'm good. How you doing, Steve?
0: Everything is well. Say hi to Jamie.
3: Hi, Jamie. How you doing?
1: Good. I didn't get to spring training this year.
3: (laughs) You're missing missing a lot. You're missing a lot. (laughs)
0: Listen, Dan, there is so much to unpack here with you. I know. Um, First things first. Let's just get it out of the way. Um, As a purist, um, I didn't uh, take kindly to the pitch clock. Uh, The uh, hitter has got to be inside eight seconds in the box. Um, I did say that there was a chance it could be a seamless transition. And I understand, you know, people don't like three and a half, three hour, 45 minute ball games. Your Uh, thoughts on this whole deal.
3: It's amazing. It's amazing what it's doing to the games that we've had already. We've had. We had an 18-5 game that went three hours. We have also had a 10-7 game, an 8-7 game, a 10-3 game that featured nine walks. All of those games ended in under 250. And I'm telling you, every one of those games would have been a half an hour longer without the pitch clock. To me, it's like it has nothing to do with being a baseball purist. If you like a game that actually moves instead of drags, you're going to love the pitch clock. You don't even notice it. You literally do not notice it. You do notice that the pitcher gets the ball, gets on the rubber, and gets ready to throw the pitch. And the batter gets in the batter's box. And there's limited times the batter can step out, limited times that the pitcher can step off. So the game moves, and it's going to be really good for baseball.
1: I feel vindicated that Dan Dickerson said that because we said that last week, and Steve was all upset about this changing of the game. (laughs)
3: Steve poo-pooed us. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: Well, you know what, though? If Dan's going to sign off on it, then I'm on board. And
3: I'm telling you, Steve, you go to one game and go, what was I, what was I complaining about? What was I worried about? Now, you won't even notice it. Now, you literally how... won't notice it, except that you'll be home about a half an hour earlier than you thought.
0: Well, you know, there's, this is the problem in sport right now because there's such a movement to move things along. College football is looking at ways to move NCAA games quicker. Why don't we just make 60 minutes 30 minutes?
3: Steve. The NCAA won <laughs> a good college Tuesday. football game down. Let's cut some of the uh, commercial breaks. Oh, wait a minute! I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, yeah <laughs> about that.
0: Uh, now, have you noticed uh, the non-shifting rule in effect?
3: Yeah, it is funny. Is because every time a lefty came up, your eyes are so trained over the last five years to look for three guys on the right side of the infield that to see, I'm so it's, it's almost jarring to the eyes to not see three over there, and it took about three games to get used to the fact that that will not be a thing anymore.
2: <laughs>
3: so what's interesting is how teams are are playing. They're going to use all spring to kind of figure it out, but you would think that if they put three on the right side for, I think lefties saw 60%, some batters saw 80%, 90% shifts, uh, that you would think that if you have to have two on each side that you'd have that guy on the left side of the infield, again, for a left-handed batter right behind second base ready to go over to the right side but really we're not seeing that we're seeing what i would call just kind of a modified shift what you would have been used to in the days before shifting exploded what six seven years ago um where the you know the left side of the infield just kind of shifts to the right but not directly behind second base so i don't know i I like the fact that to me that first of all i think it, it was badly needed i was really tired of seeing a beautiful line drive single to right end up one hop into the glove of a guy standing 60 feet under the outfield grass. And people are like, well, you shouldn't be legislating against defense. Well, why not? <laughs> NFL did it a long time ago. Football was getting pretty boring. I mean, you could have that defensive back right on the line of scrimmage and just crush that guy before he could ever get out. And guess what? They made that guy back up five yards and offense took off. Football in the 70s was brutally boring right? until they made that change. <laughs> So, so I mean, this makes sense. I mean, people complain, but I'm like, no, this is. it makes sense. It looks better on the field. I think, it, you know, we've seen ground ball singles to right. Okay, ground ball singles to right. Not the most exciting play, but there's action. You have men on base now. Uh, you're going to see very – we have an incredible number of athletic shortstops in the game right now. They don't get to put their skills on display if they're shifted more than half the time on a left-handed batter. Now we're going to see them – those guys with range at shortstop who are now having to cover a lot more ground, we're going to see them put their skills on display. That's a good thing for the sport.
1: Um, So speaking of time in sort of a different respect, it seems like the new president of baseball operations is playing a long game. He didn't really make that many changes coming in. It looks like he wants to see what he has.
3: Well, he did. What he did was exactly what he said he was going to do at the, at his press conference. Get guys who can control the strike zone on both sides of the ball. Or as he put it, dominate. Because everything starts there. So every single... So it was addition by subtraction by getting rid of Candelario, Castro, Castro, Reyes. That's 1,600 plate appearances with a tiny little walk rate that just you can't build an offense around those guys. And then he brings in every single guy he brought in, whether it was the three guys in trade or whether it was some of the minor league free agents he signed, all of them have the ability to dominate or control the strike zone. They know what it looks, what a strike looks like. They're not going to chase. You can't build an offense around low walk, high strikeout, high chase, low power guys who can't hit a fastball. I mean, that's, that's, it's been that way for five years. He's everybody he's brought in has a chance to turn that around and you're going to get enough of these guys in there and you've still got scope and bias. They're not going to change. They're going to be hopefully a little more disciplined in the strike zone, but Maton, veerling, Justin Henry Malloy is going to be up at some point this year. Torkelson Green. Don't forget that these guys were thought of as two of the best prospects in baseball last year. These guys all have a chance to make this offense not just a little better, but a lot better because they understand what the strike zone is. They can draw a walk to get on base. They can start wearing down staffs. Teams weren't afraid to throw the tiger strikes because they knew there wouldn't be any damage if they threw strikes. Right. <laughs> and it just got so old. It just. I mean, there were games they were down two nothing. You and I talked about this, Steve. You knew the game was over. Yeah, I was done. That's not a good feeling. It's going to be a very different feeling this year.
0: Well, what about, you know, you go back to this time a year ago, Dan, and there was a lot of optimism about this 2022 Tiger team. Um, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, A.J. Hinch, he was on top of the mountain. We want to win the division. We want to be playoff bound. Um, and it didn't pan out, obviously. 66 wins. Um And I know it's early, but, you know, there is some great young arms in this pitching rotation. Um, There's some pretty good young talent. You mentioned Riley Green. He's a guy you build a franchise around. What is, at this point, Dan, the identity of this 2023 Tiger team?
3: Yeah, I think it'll unfold as the year goes on. I really do. But they, they wanted to get more athletic. They did. They wanted to add team speed. They did. Um, the identity is going to be, you know, who makes his final roster, but if Beerling and Badu both make it, those are two speed guys who know how to steal the base. And with limited throws over to first, they're going to be extremely valuable. So I just think it's going to be, these are the number of young people, you know, players that he's added to this team, they're energy guys. Beerling and Maton came from a Philadelphia team that went to the World Series with the most improbable 2 months run that you'll ever see. They had a taste of that. They bring, they brought a lot of energy. Just listen to Matt Boyd talk about how different this clubhouse is from when he was last here in 2021. He says it's completely different, and he means that in the best way. Just the energy, the vibe, whatever you want to call it. That's the, because Scott Harris, or Jamie, you talk about. He, there wasn't the big splashy mm-hmm. free agent signing, but every player that he targeted was not only for the skills, but for the the person. What kind of person are we getting? That's where they do the homework. And that's where the good GMs separate themselves from the crowd. These guys love the boring stuff. They like to turn the everyday routine drills into competition. Well, that's what Veerling loves to do. Those are the guys you want. It's infectious when you get those kinds of guys, energy guys, onto your team. Maton's the same way. So a lot of homework goes into that. And then you get this collection of guys who all are feeding off each other. With some talent, (laughs) you have to have the talent. But there's going to be a really good, I think, different energy about this team. And you're going to see it on the field day to day with how they play.
1: Um, There's this New York Times article talking about how he also sort of wanted to change the atmosphere for the players and so they can get to their best, you know, self, including the Mm -hmm. clubhouse food options. Did you hear this?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, that's he, he went exit interviews it was it's all that it's sleep it's nutrition it's starting the games a half an hour early so they can get home now an hour earlier because games are going to be quicker it's everything
1: i think that's new and and cool and young and analytics and all that stuff i think he's making changes if not the big free agent signings it's that stuff
3: well and, and then you add you know four new coaches one pitching coach three new hitting coaches he made it very clear he wants Detroit to be a place where a player, wherever he is in his career, wants to come to Detroit because he knows that they're going to provide him with all the resources he needs, you know, from on the field to off the field to become a better player, even if he's a veteran who's been in the league five, eight, ten years. And that's that's what he's doing. But he he went about it, like you said, in a very measured way and made sure that there are a lot of things that are, you know, not in the public view, that aren't going to make headlines, that aren't going to be big stories, because he did player exit interviews with every one of these guys and asked them what they thought about all these different areas. What can we do to make the player experience better here in Detroit? And then he got to work.
0: He wants to make Detroit a destination. So when it does, I would imagine, Dan, come time to drop a dime or two on a a marquee-free agent, they don't think twice about being here.
3: Right. And, you know, it happened when the Tigers, you know, 20 years ago now, signed Pudge. I mean, all of a sudden, when Tigers started turning around and started winning, it was like, oh, I want to go to Detroit. I see what's going on there. There's some good things going on. They've got good players. You want to go to Detroit. And I think that's, we've obviously lost that in the last few years, averaging, what, 99 losses a year for five years now. So, but you don't just do that overnight. But it's, it's a very measured and it's a very specific player-oriented approach based on all of his conversations with players last year.
0: Obviously, this being uh, Miguel Cabrera's final year, uh, we've all been around Lazy Boy tours uh, in various sports with, with wonderful, wonderful athletes there, Dan. And uh, I would imagine, and I know uh, the Tigers organization have a lot of things planned as far as giveaways for Miggy and whatnot. I, for one, am amazed, and we talk all the time about how quickly time just goes. That this is it. This is the swan song for, and I'm going to say it, the best
3: tiger hitter I've ever seen. Oh, sure, it's, uh, and I think Mickey very much wants it. Yes, he's going to enjoy. I think every moment of it. He doesn't want to start the farewell tour now, (laughs) right? Because I think you know he wants to have a good year. He wants to. He wants to produce. He wants to contribute. He he knows it's been rough the last couple of years, even with the milestones. And that's what he is really, really focused on right now. He's not looking for a whole bunch of, you know, farewell gifts. So I think he's really, at this point, and you know what? He's hit a home run. He should have had a home run uh, a couple days before the one he hit the other day. hit off the top of the fence about 425 feet from home plate. Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe there's just one special season left in the tank or at least a season where he's going to feel really good about how it ends.
1: That would be great. That would be fun.
0: Well, It'd and be it's getting, really fun. It's getting to be that time of year where we hear from Lakeland that Miguel Cabrera is in the best, best shape, shape of, of his, his life.
1: life. <laughs> no, n-
3: none of those stories this year. He's just Miguel. He's just Miguel. But right. he is determined. I'm telling you, he's determined to have a good year at the plate.
0: Yeah, what are your thoughts on Javi Baez? Obviously, there was a vibe about him uh, going into last year. and
3: uh, Yeah, it was, a, it was a real it was a real puzzle for A.J. to figure out. He loves figuring his guys out and what makes him tick, and it took a long time. But you know what I love? This is why I love A.J. so much in terms of just how good he is as a manager. He went to Puerto Rico. He went to Javi Baez's home, which I guess is kind of a farm in the mountains, and wanted to get to know him and not even talk a whole lot of baseball, but just – be with his family and be with him on, on his home turf, if you will. And I think he's just took him a while to figure out, took him a while to figure out that he really likes it. He put it in your face coaching. <laughs> right? And I think, I think it's going to be a very different looking hobby bias. Is he still going to be a free swinger? That's not going to change, but I, I do think it's going to be a more productive hobby bias. This guy said 30 home runs three times. And I think he'll be more consistent defensively. He was not consistent defensively. He made as good a play as we've ever seen a Tiger shortstop make in terms of spectacular plays, but he was not consistently good. And they've challenged him to be better.
0: All right, Danny, we appreciate your time as always. And uh, hopefully you'll allow us to uh, tap into your expertise once this baby gets underway.
3: Oh, I think you can give a call once or twice. That's great.
0: Triple D. (laughs) Triple D, that's right.
3: Uh, Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Jamie. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much, Danny Boy. Dan Dickerson, the radio voice of your Detroit Tigers, spending some time with us here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. All right, folks, just to keep you up to date, at Little Caesars Arena right now, your Detroit Pistons trailing the Portland Trail Blazers 42 28 uh, six twenty-six left in the second quarter. Uh, you could easily say that quarterback roulette Get it at you, football league underway. How about Derek Carr going to the New Orleans Saints? Um, you know, doing some reading about this dude. You know, you know about his career with the Raiders. Um, but there were several folks in New York that would like to have seen him land in the Jets before. Aaron Rodgers, because of the dude that he is.
1: Well, yeah, there are different off-the-field personalities between those two.
0: What's going to be interesting is uh, Jameis Winston is still a member of the New Orleans Saints, and I would imagine.
2: Uh I'd Uh, rather have Jameis, just so we're clear. What? Yes, 100%. That does it. (laughs) Jameis is electric. He's so much fun to watch. Turns the ball over he, 106 how many times interceptions a year, to... Mister 30 30. Yeah, that was the greatest season of all time. How long ago was that? It was 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. It was this last year on the Bucs.
0: Yeah. Okay, then.
2: So the year before Brady and got
0: there, he hasn't been able to shake that. So what I want to talk about right now is uh, simple. How about what Geno Smith did? Uh, I would like to have a beer and shake hands with his agent. Uh, the Seahawks and Geno Smith, they reach an agreement on a three-year, $105 million contract. This is according to our friend Adam Schefter. The deal includes $52 million in the first year. What?
1: That's a lot. That is a lot. He's 32 years old.
0: Yeah. And that first year is going to be very nice. Fifty-two million dollars
2: it's almost Larkin's whole deal
0: of course that's it (laughs) that's crazy Uh, rather mind-blowing but you know what though good for Geno Smith because you know after the whole Russell Wilson thing went down in Seattle and he was the guy I'm sure there was a bunch of folks saying oh look we've got Geno Smith now and boy did he respond I thought he played very responsible football
1: yeah yeah uh he had been solid in relief duty the previous year posting 7.4 yards per attempt with 5 touchdowns and one interception. Does that sound solid?
0: Well, you know what? Um and then you take a look at what the Broncos are up to. They are married to Russell Wilson and I can't say exactly what I would like to say right now <laughs> about him as a person. Um but I think that's a deal till 2025.
2: I'll double-check
0: that. Uh, so, and, and there's a lot of financials involved in that. Uh, but before we leave, I just want to see the reaction on your face, Jamie. Okay. Uh, on the Rich Eisen show, uh, Rich Eisen said he heard from a couple of people that Tom Brady may not be done after all. Stop it. He added, and the one place that folks are saying, keep an eye out for Miami.
1: What are we doing? <laughs> If that's a real possibility, stop retiring.
0: I think it's a distinct possibility, and I want credit where credit is due. I said as much that there's a better-than-not chance that he's not retiring for good.
1: I, okay, why do we go through this, though? Sign one-year deals and then keep moving.
2: Uh, like in and Sue. Uh, by the way, he's signed through 2028, 20, but they have an out at 26. That's Russell Wilson. Okay. So.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly, uh, you know, what the mindset is with Tom Brady, but then again, maybe it's this, all right, he went through his divorce, uh, so he may be in his mind's eye thinking,
2: you know. Why not live in Miami? Single dude?
0: He's got his kids, he's a good dad, kids are getting grown.
1: I mean, we uh, have no idea what he's thinking, I did think it was weird, because from what we understand, the playing the extra year led to a divorce. So then why retire after you wanted to stay and maybe it was at the demise of your family?
2: So a question. Does this mean Tua's, like, do you think they think Tua's done? Or has anything come (laughs) out more about Tua?
1: Medically should be done. I agree. But nothing's come out.
2: I don't think, no,
0: nothing uh, concrete as far as his physical health. Although he was still in concussion protocol a long time after the last concussion.
1: And if there's one more hit on him, I think he is done.
0: Well, there's been a lot of neuroscientists that have come out, and when you take a look at some of the replays from the concussions that he had, it was horrible. I know. It was absolutely terrible. And some of these neuroscientists have come out and said, look, we know you're still relatively young, but the best thing for you and your future is to leave this game and it's, it's
1: kind of scary
0: so it is and uh, as we've discussed on this show before they are not too far away from one of those CTE tests that can be administered to the living cuz right now it's not possible with any de- degree of efficiency once that test is done and they can test the living NFL player regardless of position that's going to be a game changer
1: and there will be some serious questions
0: well, there's going to be uh, some serious questions for these guys to, to answer because, God forbid, they perfect this test. They come to you. Sorry to tell you, you've got early onset CTE, and that is nothing to mess with. Mm-hmm. But then the thought is, well, what am I going to do that's going to pay me what I'm making now?
1: That's what I mean by question.
0: And what a difficult position that would be to be in. And it's not that far away, folks.
1: Well, things got a little morbid.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, We'd end on a high note.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just realistic conversation, friends.
1: I know. It's no, true. I know.
0: Listen, I don't mean the first one to break it to you, but life isn't all a bowl of strawberries and cream.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Steve getting real yeah. over here.
1: <laughs> I, I just want to go back to how Dan Dickerson validated our feelings, Blake. Yeah, he did.
2: He did. And then Steve tried working and complaining about the clock moving when on first downs in college football. (laughs)
0: Well, you know what? That's a good thing. Here's the deal. Uh, Well, yeah, but with this whole college football thing, we didn't get a chance to get into it. Nothing's going to change until TV makes changes with their breaks. Still a little better. Believe me, but now that Dan has signed off on this, oh, oh you're on now board? that Dan likes it, Steve likes no, it. No, that that no, is viable. Dan. That is viable. I don't have to justify myself <laughs> to you. Are you kidding me? You just did, though. How much gas did you take on the piston game the night? <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, partner. We'll do
1: it again it's next always week. Always fun. It's the sports book here on WJR.